What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I am actually joined with the original trio. It's been a long time since I've had a podcast with just the two of you, Mr. Leo. <laughs> it's funny that it's like back to the originals. Uh, like it's kind of like like No Way Home brought everyone back. You bringing everyone back for this? <laughs> that is uh, true. Excited to be here. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a little bit of a podcaster myself. <laughs> and Ryan. I got nothing to top that, but Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever Spider can. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we are covering the 20th anniversary or probably one of the most important comic book films of the 21st century. Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh, as yeah. the movie celebrates 20 years. I can't believe it's 20 years old already. That just shows Ooh, how old crazy. we are. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be looking at some of the... The ins and outs of the film and how important the movie was to the comic book genre. People look at X-Men and all that fun stuff, but I think it's Spider-Man, the one that really brought comic book movies back to the forefront. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. A lot of trailers this week and some renewals this week. So uh, Barry has been renewed for season four. And am I the only one that watches that? So far, at this moment, yes, it is absolutely on my short list of things to watch, though. Barry is a delight. I love that show. It is so funny. It is, it's so uh, darkly funny. Probably the best dark comedy on television right now. It's really good stuff. Henry Winkler and, and Bill Hader are fantastic. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, I'm putting this on here. I have not seen the show yet, but... Uh, Apparently, it's one of the most popular shows out right now. Heartstopper has been renewed for season two and three. Oh, uh, is that one of those like Netflix teen shows? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, very, very popular from what I've seen on Twitter. Uh, this is where I, I think the conversation will start. Um, Disney Plus is bringing Daredevil back in a <laughs> in a new series. I want to preface by the word series. <laughs> coming soon so it very very important to pay attention to the verbiage that was used mm -hmm. in the press statement mm -hmm. this does not say season four of net of, of daredevil this says daredevil disney plus series um obviously a lot of people have been reporting season four but i made sure to just say series because um this says a lot i i think i'm happy to, i'm happy the show is back I'm actually very intrigued as to the direction of where the show will be going. I very much think that this show is going to be Kevin Feige-sized. <laughs> Please coin that. Please I, coin I, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been... In, in, I'm not turning on Marvel. Never will. But I've been more uh, what's critical of them lately. And um, I think when, something's, when it's, something is now broken... Don't try to fix it. I hope this is not that. But Leo, what do you think? It's funny. I it feels almost as if Disney Marvel has kind of turned into like the thing that they had to combat at the very beginning. They've turned into Fox Marvel and Sony Marvel, where they're just going and 
putting everything on screen and not just like taking a moment, just reassess what's essential and what they should put on. Um, I'm looking forward to Daredevil. Here's the th- I, I, even if it is Kevin Feige size, um, after I mean freaking multiverse of, of madness and some of the Netflix show, I, they've shown that they have some teeth and it's not just all fun lovey dovey stuff. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's not going to be a direct uh, continuation of the OG series. It'll probably be like uh, Daredevil, a man without fear, the series. And mm-hmm. it'll have maybe returning returning cast members, a softer storyline maybe. I don't think any like sexual abuse will be covered in this. No, uh, I don't think so either. But like, but if you remember, even in the OG series, there was very little death. Um, so like, yeah, I think I think it'll translate okay. I don't think it'll be as 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 uh, watered down as people expect it to be. But I do agree with you that we've reached a point now where back in the day, a Marvel series was like the tentpole of a year. It was like, oh, we know that a Marvel project's coming. Now there's so much of it that it's hard for us to appreciate any of it. Right. Um, I think it's very interesting the verbiage. Uh, I. I'm interested to see where they go. They're going to MCU the fuck out of this, or as you said, Kevin Feige-sized. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit more what we saw in um, Hawkeye? the latest... No, I was going to say the latest Spider-Man. Okay. Where he's defending the heroes and stuff like that, and you're going to see like little stuff like that. Yeah, I, like either way, I'm... I'm... I'm pretty much looking forward to it because Daredevil has been my, outside of any MCU property, it's been my favorite, like, Marvel thing in the last few years. Um, and I'll say it, I, I think it's the best Marvel television show, MCU or not MCU. It's easily, I think, the best Marvel television show. Um, so I, I'm excited for that aspect. I'm curious as if we're going to lean on, since Hulk, She-Hulk, which is my next uh, topic on the agenda, I, I'm pretty sh- confident now with this news that Matt Murdock is going to be in She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I thought he was also going to be in Echo, if I remember correctly. So they're going like, to put him in everything. Which I was going to ask you, Leo. So there's a big storyline with Echo shooting Fisk. So yes. my guess is that that's going to go into Echo and then going into Daredevil. Yeah, from what I'm reading, I'm saying, yeah, it's, I know that the, the, that final scene of Echo inside of Hawkeye was very much ripped from the comics, mm-hmm. and um, that the series is going to follow the Echo character um, through her, like, Native American roots, trying to find herself and define herself. Um, so, and I imagine whatever cameo, I mean, maybe she runs into legal problems and Matt is, has to, like, help her out, kind of like Blake did uh, No Way Home. Yep. Um and I guess maybe maybe that that'll be the way. And obviously with She-Hulk, which we'll go into, there's that whole legal thing as well. <laughs> yes, which is great segue to uh, the She-Hulk trailer and first look. Um, I'm gonna get the negative out because that's gonna be me. Um, I think this looks terrible. <laughs> I think this looks. Um, I'm gonna give them some time because we still have a few months, but. I don't remember a time where I looked at a Marvel property, an MCU property, and the first thing I said to myself was, wow, the CGI looks really poor. Can you imagine me personally, like, or not even just me, like you guys, first trailer to Infinity War, first look at Thanos in in Infinity War, and he looks like Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany did in this trailer. 
the anticipation for Infinity War probably would have dropped just a bit. Thanos is probably one of the most impressive CGI feats ever. And I think that the fact that the same studio that gave us that gave us this, it's it's a big cause for concern. I read an article. I can't remember the source, uh, but I read an article like a few days ago that said that Disney is Disney and Marvel is concerned about the quality of She-Hulk, that it's not very good. So I am I'm not even cautiously optimistic. I don't think it's going to be quite great. I hope I really hope I'm wrong here. But this, yeah, as of now, I am very much not on board with this. Uh, Ryan, I think you had similar thoughts to me. But go ahead. Yeah, I am. I think I'm right in the in the middle of the road between you and Leo. Uh, it's cute, is what it is. Like even me and Casey both said cute. Like, but I don't want cute uh, MCU. I want like balls to the wall. Great. I want Loki. I want WandaVision. That's what I want. Like I don't want cute. I like. I feel like ever since Loki, it's gone kind of downhill television wise. So, and this is just another example of that. Like, I don't know much about the character. Um, I'm happy to see, uh, I guess, He-Hulk. <laughs> um, that's going to be in it, and that, that was cool to see. Um, it's There's some fun parts in it. I'm going to watch it regardless. Uh, but this is something I can honestly say I can wait for. And before and now, Leo, I'm obviously give your thoughts, but I do have one question. How does it feel that now the Incredible Hulk is legit continuity? <laughs> but it was continuity though, because of Thunderbolt Ross. That is was... true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're right. But you're right. But and and, and I guess yeah. Now there's slowly they're making you have to like. It, before it was just like a distant cousin. Now they're making you actually spend time with that cousin. Like, oh man. <laughs> like, Damn, I gotta have drinks with this guy now. <laughs> but no, D, I'm glad you brought up um Thanos' CGI. Because this is what happened with Thanos' CGI in the trailer versus the movie. And this is what's happened classically with Marvel projects. Um, I love that you said that the way it looks is the thing that's that's making it's jarring you. Because in the same trailer, the CGI they used for Bruce and the regular Hulk looks like head and shoulders above what it looks like for Maslany. Um, can I can I ask you? I'm glad you brought that up. Can I ask you a question? Because I didn't mind. Do you think they've just mastered using it on Ruffalo that they're having difficulty? That might with... be it. That might be it. Um, I mean, it's yeah, because it, it's crazy. Because in the very scene, like seeing the little clips they have back and forth, back and forth, like maybe they do. I don't. I don't know how CGI works. So if any yeah, of our here. listeners know how CGI works. I don't know if it's like they have a template and they already can just use that template over and over again. Um, his, and I think that's what makes me feel a little bit better about it is the it's the same trailer. The stuff with Ruffalo looks fantastic. The stuff with Maslany looks like, honestly, 2002 Spider-Man. Um, and and it's like, all right, let's let's see how the final product goes. I honestly think this more speaks to this freaking need to drop trailers. If the trailer's not ready, if the footage isn't ready, if it needs more work, then freaking just let it do the work. I think the Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer um, was similar. It's like, yo, if it's not ready, just don't drop it. But I guess Good you point. have publicity. You're Marvel. You don't need trailers. Yeah, it's funny. Like You said that, and I agree 1,000% because we're going to get a Thor movie in six weeks. 
Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a teaser, not even a full trailer, a teaser. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need anything else. Absolutely. I mean, Honestly, th- th- straight up, dude, I did not expect to see Mass Laney as She-Hulk until the series dropped. I I thought they were going to do what, what, what Netflix did with Daredevil, where we didn't get the red suit to the very last episode. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I kind of surprised they're going in that direction. I mean... Going back to Multiverse of Madness, I mean, that's the first movie I've ever seen in the MCU in 14 years that Feige actually let something slip in terms of surprises. Mm-hmm. Because... And, I, and honestly, and I, I, and I, I think you two would agree, we're worse off for it because we didn't have that emotional payoff in the movie. Yeah, I agree. And listen, I mean, I'm glad. And spoiler alert. I mean, it's been two weeks. I hope everyone that's has seen it already. I love the Charles cameo but i would have really loved it not knowing it was coming like Mm -hmm. i I think Mm -hmm. that probably would have i mean however you feel about the movie i think it's probably the most divisive marvel movie in a very long time i think isn't it funny you just said that earlier there's um this whole like phase with eternals and i'll just continue yeah man divisive like phase except this one's actually like it's still at 75 on rt and but it's just like so divisive online. I, I I've given yeah. up conversing about it. I think I think it's fine. I think it's good. I have, I enjoy it. There's some eye glaring problems with it, but nothing that's mm-hmm. it's not the worst thing Marvel's ever done by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, I'm kind of just like like I've told Leo off the line. I'm just kind of very disappointed with Phase Four. I mean, mm-hmm. we 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 were very much on a high note, the highest note possible with Endgame, and I feel they started off well with WandaVision, and I think because we were in a COVID world where we were doing nothing we were just happy to get something with marvel and yeah. the fact that remember, we remember freaking didn't tiger king rule everything during the pandemic yeah that mm-hmm. kind of shows that people really had nothing to watch so um yeah and then i think it's progressively gotten worse and you look at you look at a franchise that kind of fixed itself in a way star wars after rise of skywalker no one wanted anything to do with with star wars and then now we are at a point where every Obi-Wan was probably the most anticipated Disney show of the year. So it mm-hmm. kind of shows the transition, mm-hmm. how much they've changed. So I, I will say that um, I, I, just to call out what Ryan said about like the, he wants like hardcore Marvel. Like I do think Marvel is going to find a way to like infiltrate all the different genres. Cause remember Ms. Marvel is coming out and Ms. Marvel is not going to be Loki. Ms. Marvel is going to be a younger demographic. Same thing with Ironheart. That's going to be a younger demographic. So they're going to try to do like teen Marvel shows. Like yeah, I think they're going. No, I know what you're saying. And I guess I didn't like when I mean, like I meant quality wise, not just like, you know, like we got like I love Doctor Strange, like the latest Doctor Strange. And it's a different kind of Marvel movie than any other Marvel movie. I I actually I don't think I talked about it on here, but I didn't mind Eternals. Oh, you yeah, because you were late to see that. You liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it was like it's something I'm running back to watch. Like it's nothing like I'm forcing Casey to watch yet, but I, you know, it was. I don't think it was as I want to say bad, but you know, as negative as people put out there. Yeah, because I think Leo and I were on the same. But I don't think it's a bad movie at all. Actually, no, I just don't think. I don't know if if this is the way best way to put it, Leo. It just doesn't seem like it fits in the whole story. And when we're and when we're. it, it's it's. I agree, D. I think I think honestly, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think honestly, I think what 
Marvel has become its own worst enemy. Because mm-hmm. remember how back when we were when, back back when we were young and we would watch fourteen like, years ago, right? We watched Thor back uh, back uh, Ragnarok, and we'd be like, "Oh, like this is like top tier Marvel." And then like the next year, we'd have something else. It's like, "Oh, this is like middle tier Marvel." Every new project that's come out, with the exception of No Way Home, and that's not fair because No Way Home had a lot of toys to play with. Yeah, every new project that's come out. I think you would put in mid to low yep. Marvel. One thousand percent agree. I think Spider Man No Way Home has been like the outlier of everything since Yeah. Wandavi- and, and, WandaVision and No Way Home have been the best thing they've done. Yeah, yeah I was about to say WandaVision. But like but if at the same time, let's fat let's go rewind fifteen years ago. If we get Eternals, we may actually feel like it's like a watchman type show. Maybe divisive, maybe, maybe, but I would say maybe received a little bit more positively than it was this time. Yeah. We're comparing it to the backdrop of the greatest uh, cinematic universe in history. I actually think the, um, I think I said this in November when the movie came out. I'm like, I've never felt more phase one-y than I did when watching Eternals. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi has a really good phase one groove oh, to I it. Oh, I love Shang-Chi, though. Yeah, that's that's upper tier for me. That's in my top 12. I love mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Uh, but yeah, I think they're in a rut. I hope yeah. they fix it because... Phase I, so it's funny, I... I actually, I'm glad. I'm glad they're in a rut. I'm glad they're in a rut. I'm glad all these projects are like not landing a hundred percent good. Because when we get to the mid to late payoff of this run, we'll 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 remember this how we remember Dark World and how we remember freaking um, Incredible Hulk. It's like you know what, whatever that happened, we put up with it. This is what we waited 15 years for. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I'm guessing that it will be Secret Wars whenever. Hopefully, yeah. Whenever that comes. Oh, actually, and another news thing I know I know that um that dropped this week was like they they explained that the the the, the show with Nick Fury what was, what was uh, it? secret one? secret invasion secret invasion yeah that that's gonna take place during the snap. So meaning who's yeah I'm actually intrigued by that to be honest with you I'm curious I, I mean it says a lot that they're you know they're going they're gonna try to let us know what happened throughout the blip but um. Mm-hmm very curious as to what characters are going to be in there because of the, the situation that they're in. So, yeah, we'll be very, very, very interesting. Uh, Real think, quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, question for Leo, because I'm a little confused. Um, the agency that She-Hulk works for, that's not S.W.O.R.D., right? Nah, I mean, who knows what Feige's doing with this? It shouldn't <laughs> be. It shouldn't be, I think. I think she should just be like a regular woman, regular like it might be the it might and I would love this. It has sword vibes, that's why I ask. No, I think she'll if, if she works for a firm, a legal firm, I hope it might be the one from Daredevil, the Hogarth <laughs> one. Um that would be cool, a cool little like tie into the to the, to the Netflix shows, but I don't I don't think she's working for I think it's just regular law firm. Okay. Thank you. Alrighty, uh, and, and then the last bit of news I don't think you guys saw it before it was taken down. Um, the new Mission Impossible trailer leaked yesterday. I saw your post on Twitter, dude, and I was about to click on it. It, I can say this, even though it was taken down. Um, it looks so damn good. They're probably going to release it with Top Gun next week, uh, so that probably makes sense for them. Uh, that it leaked. It looks excellent. Uh, highly, highly recommend you guys check it out when it drops. Um, and then I don't know if you guys are fans of Mad Max Fury Road, but the trailer to 3000 Years of Longing, which also premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, uh, dropped. 
I all I gotta say is I wish George Miller did something else instead of this. But yeah, I'll still watch it. Uh yeah, and that's pretty much all the news for the week, unless I'm missing anything. Uh let's get into what we watch for the week. Um uh, it's been a while since we've done this, so um I'm gonna actually Ryan, go first. What do you got? All I got really is uh Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, what do you think? Oh, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Um it is the third movie we all deserved. Um, I thought I was gonna get more of a pop. <laughs> no, because I don't hate the all female one. I just don't think it's that great. It, it sucks, dude. I can't. No, I can't. It happens. Whatever. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I think I waste more time hating on it. I'm not a fan of it, but whatever. I, the fact that Afterlife disregards anything about it is all I need. Yep, agree. Yeah, I agree there. Um, but I thought it was really good. The cameos were great. Everything worked out. Like I think the story was fun. And there's going to be another one, right? Yeah, that's yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Are you guys a little surprised on how quickly that movie, like, just left our, like, the, the, like, the, the narrative? Like, it was an incredible, cool, like, moment in, like, for us geeks, but it just didn't have the longevity that I thought it would. I think it still made, I think, 200 at the box office, uh, during Omicron. But I also think it has a, uh, it's, I'm following the Ghostbusters tea leaves, um, the rental download life of that movie has been really good. It's made, it's oh, kind of lasted cool. in, in the Ghostbusters fan circles, like really, really, really well. It's made a lot of decent, a lot of good money in the rental service. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for it when the new one comes out. Anything else, Roy? Nah, it's been a little busy. Awesome. And Leah, what do you got? Well, since Ryan's not going to talk about it, The Flash still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I watch is... it. That's what I'm not going to talk about. I haven't watched Flash since the 90s episode. Either way, yeah. The show's still going. It's going. It's Oh, oh it's wait a minute. Different. How did I forget this, Leo? Riverdale has been canceled. Yes. That's what I was going to say. The good news is, in the, in the course of all this news of shows being renewed and being canceled, um, Riverdale has... I guess it's finally, finally going to end um, after, I believe, the next season. Yeah, so um, that'll be the last season. seven seasons. Yeah, this was, I mean, here's the thing. This was the CW's darling um, after the, 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 the Arrowverse. Um, it was very much like, I, and I think, Dave, you hit this on like months ago, but you're like, this was like a teen version of Twin Peaks. Oh, yes. <laughs> so like, yes. If you, if you like this, Please watch Twin Peaks. As yeah, an adult, and, and it'll, it'll be better. It'll be way better. Um, but regardless, um, Riverdale is still trippy and weird as hell. But it's coming to an end. Flash is just bad, and it's coming to an end. Uh, starting in their final season in season Um, I'm all caught up on This Is Us, where our a listener, a listener of the show, Kevin and I, have shared in many tears in the last few episodes. Um. Jeez, guys, this is just so much good drama. But the show is also coming to an end uh, this week in their final episode. Um, I'm I'm actually in the midst of a community um, rewatch, and whoever is fans of the Russo brothers, um, Donald Glover when he first began, um, please watch Community. Really good show. Um, but thanks to David, the thing I really want to talk about <laughs> is Downton Abbey, uh, and my rewatch or my watch on that. You mentioned all the CW stuff. We don't mention uh, the Supernatural spinoff, Greenlight. Because oh that, my gosh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I didn't mention it because it looks like a YA, uh, feels like this YA 
CW nonsense series. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I, I don't know. Look, I loved Supernatural just like you did, right? Mm-hmm. I want all the Supernatural stuff in the world. Please give it to me. But that's what I once said about Batman content. And the CW has just crap on all of that. And there's a reason why we're not talking about Gotham Knights on this show. Because it's the same freaking thing. So, like, look, I, I love Supernatural, but I really don't want to go down this road where I'm going to end up saying this doesn't really count as Supernatural. I don't want to accept it as canon um, because David's right. This feels very more like a YA thing where I bet you they're going to start fighting monsters very early on. I'm like, oh, this is not. Don't make this Buffy. Don't make this Buffy. Something tells me I'm going to have to tell Ryan that you're being biased because you're probably going to like it. No, I mean, I lo- look, I love the show. I love the show so much. I'm naming one of my sons after a character. <laughs> um, so I do love the show, but just like I love Batman, and I can say Batwoman sucks. Does it ever? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I, I, I think there's one thing I'm good at is not being biased. Well... You should listen to your wrestling podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that was the greatest. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. When it comes to movies and television. Leo, by the way, um, I'm glad Brian brought this up because I I, I never asked. Did Batman Women actually have a finale or is just ended and that's oh, it? No, dude, I mean, I, I think I kept you. I think I think the, our, our, the members of our ca- of our of our chat all apprised of the of the fun stuff that happened in Batwoman. I think they were uh, they were in the midst of transforming the new Joker, the one that you know Ooh, reverse cool. Joker with all the different different the different purple and oranges. Um, he got the buzzer to the head, so I think he's back to a normal human being because that's all that's you know that that solves Joker is getting a buzzer to the head. Um, oh, wonderful! I think they were also playing around. They they usually what this last season was that someone broke into like the Batcave and released all these different artifacts of former Batman villains. And then new people were getting these artifacts and becoming new iterations of the villains. Uh, so yeah, at least yeah, new Joker is gone. Uh, Ryan is still Batwoman. Sounds great. But what was the, what was the show that you wanted to touch on? Oh, Downton Abbey, baby. Yeah, Dalton let's Abbey. go. Yeah, so Dave is Dave. So it's like I remember Downton Abbey made it to my radar back with freaking Iron Man three, when, uh, when Happy got attacked by the Mandarins. Uh, the Mandarins, uh, um, I guess his, his attack on on well, I think on the it was the guy that exploded in the China in, in the Chinese theater. Yes, Happy was in there, got hurt, went into the hospital, and Tony kept telling the nurse, "Please make sure to play Downton Abbey." He watches it and makes him feel fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this Downton Abbey show seems to be really catching on. And it wasn't until like here on the podcast with David talking about like the new movie. Um, and then he started watching it on his side. And he's honestly, he's he's a pretty tough critic when it comes to TV shows. And this TV show was not getting much backlash. And I'm like, oh, shoot, this is passing David's seal of approval. Clearly, America loves this show. Um, so I started my own watch of it, and it's so good. It's so it's darker at moments when I didn't expect it to be darker. Really good storytelling, lovable characters all the way around, um, except for Barrow. He's still a jerk. 
<laughs> oh man, wait, you're almost there. When the tide turns, right when the tide right turns now, on right, Barrel. So right now, Barrel has what's the? Well, he just saved. He saved. Um, Edith. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you saved Edith. But either way, he's still he's still a very freaking selfish character. But either way, um, loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. I'm really looking forward to finishing the series, getting started on the movies. I know you just came out of watching the second movie. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm truly, truly enjoying it. It's not it's not as stuffy as I thought the show could be because I know Bridgerton is a lot more like lively and young. This is still very freaking lively. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I think. I hate costume dramas. I just really hate costume dramas. I'm not a big fan of costume period pieces. So I was always hesitant to start it. But uh, I finally, I actually had told Jenny, like when we first moved in, I'm like, hey, we should start Downton Abbey. Just, you know, I had always heard good things about it. And that's when the first movie came out. And she just went ahead and watched it. And then I didn't. And then I finally decided to watch it. And yeah, like you said, like it's very endearing. It's kind of, it goes Game of Thrones for first season. Yeah. Um, it's funny, at the moment, it feels like this is one of like more. It's a very wholesome show too. There's yeah. a lot of cool family dynamic things about being yourself and like acceptance of your family. It's like it's it's a very <laughs> seven heavenly show sometimes. Yeah, but then, bro, season three. <laughs> yeah, man, season three was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I love the show. Uh, I kind of coincide with like some of the stuff I watched. I finished the show. I saw the first movie, and then I saw the second one yesterday, which is, I never thought in my life, I actually wrote this on Letterboxd, never in my wildest dreams that I think a Downton Abbey movie would crack my top 10 of the year, but it has. <laughs> um, I think it's everything I wanted. I think the second movie is much better than the first one. It actually feels more cinematic, and the first movie feels more like an extended episode. Uh, okay. I laughed, I cried, this one was... I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but this one really, really hit. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it for any fans of the show. And then when you get there, Leo. Um, oh, Dave, and the other one thing I wanted to say is whoever thought by watching Lily Collins in this and you're like, oh, this woman could play Pamela Anderson. Wow. I think she's very good on the show, to be honest. You think she I, I think I had mentioned this to you. I'm like, you think her character is going to be something, but she's absolutely not. I, I really yeah, like where she goes. She's cute. It's a cute character. It, it's definitely one. It's like they're after what happens with Sybil. Um, I feel like they needed to introduce a younger, a younger person to have yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, but it, it's it's her character's growing on me. She's still very like young and and immature, but it's she's definitely growing on me. Um, it's it's awesome to see these characters, these actors, make younger before they made like some big waves later on. For sure. And then for me, if we're looking at favorite characters, um, oh, man, there's so many. Carson's my guy. Bates oh, is my guy. So Anna. I love Anna. I love Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Hughes. Um, Daisy, oh. Daisy, I'm whatever on, to be honest. Sometimes I like her. Sometimes I, I think she's annoying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. With um, uh, Did something happen behind the scenes with O'Brien? Do you know? Yes. Okay, uh, I can, I would look. I I believe something happened. That's why he left. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Mosley is my guy, man. I love <laughs> Mosley. He is so funny, and he's. I think he's one of the highlights of the new movie. He's really, really oh, funny. Cool. Yeah, he's really funny in the new movie. Uh, but yeah, that that's all I'll say on that because I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I finished 
Uh, I finally finished uh, Moon Knight, aka Menite. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I think I think this is probably one of the most overhyped Marvel properties I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't I don't get it. I just do not understand why people love the show so much. Well, Dave, this this goes right. This goes literally to what you said a few moments ago. This whole phase is just divisive as hell. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know if Ryan's seen it. I just don't. I don't know. I think this show. First episode. Yeah, I'm not. Oscar Isaac is great. That's literally the only praise I can give the show. TV, TBH. Um, let me see. Movie wise, I saw. I went on a Cronenberg binge because I'm watching Crimes of the Future on Tuesday, which I am so excited because I'm watch. I'm actually getting a press screening the same day it premieres. I can, so I'm like so hyped. Wow. Um. I, I saw the original Crimes of the Future, which he directed, uh, and my letterbox review states as follows. I gave it one star. Uh, I said, the true brilliance of the upcoming Crimes of the Future is Cronenberg loved the title so much he created a new film to make everything forget, to make everyone forget this snooze fest exists. The, the first Crimes of the Future is one of the most boring things I've ever seen in my life. I, and it's only 63 minutes and I felt like I was watching it for about four hours. Um, I saw Poor Man's Heat, Den of Thieves. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Poor Man's Heat. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? No, I don't think so. So well, who's in it? Who's Gerard it? Butler, Fifty Cent. It's. No. It, I I honestly recommend it because if you love Heat, it's so much. There's so much like Heat, even to the point where, uh, you know where Pacino and De Niro have this exchange, and De Niro's like, "You'll never." Um, I'm never going back to jail. Similar exchange happens between the two leads, except the words. I think the words is I'm, I'm, you'll uh, you'll never put me in cuffs again or some bullshit like that. <laughs> it's so on the nose, man. I, I I had a good time with it. I think I gave it three and a half out of five. Like it, it, I, I I had a good time with it. Um, I also saw obviously I I saw the whole Raimi trilogy just to uh, nice. Um, Spider Man Two is still a masterpiece. I think it's still the best, one of the best comic book movies ever made. I will continue to co-sign Spider Man Three is not as bad as everyone says it is. It's just you Terrible. know, it's bad. it's just not. Um, what's it's disappointing. It's it's not the movie Raimi wanted to make. Let's just leave it at that. If this was just a Sandman Spider Man movie, I think I would have been much more intrigued by it. Um, I saw Agreed. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Oh, How is what do you think? Oh, it's great. It is so good for anyone that was born before 2000. This movie's gonna hit you so well. Some of the funniest Easter eggs you'll find. And I will. I watched this movie and wondered how the fuck did they grab this IP? Um, it reminds me a lot of Roger Rabbit with some of the IP that they were able to grab. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not nowhere as good as Roger Rabbit. Don't get me wrong. But uh, in terms of like the use of IP, I think it's very, very interesting and very funny. It's one of the funniest movies of the year. I saw this movie that I had heard about um, for months, but it left theater. This Indian film called RRR. Uh, it's three hours. It hit Netflix. It's actually a really fun ride. Really great action film. Um, I saw The Talented Mr. Ripley for the first time. Oh, you haven't seen that before? No. Um, it's Matt Damon's best performance. Like Right? Yeah, Isn't he so good in that? Yeah, he is excellent. I can't believe I missed this for so long. It's a really great movie. Uh, and then I saw Top Gun Maverick last week. Um, lucky bastard, you lucky. Bastard. I I don't I don't I I guess I don't like speaking in hyperbole too much, but I I think this is one of the greatest sequels of all time. 
Like, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's, an, I think I'm underselling it how good this movie is. Dude, um, after you blew my mind with the Ryan Tomato score of the OG one, I'm like, I'm glad that it's doing so well. Because yeah, that's not, I didn't know, I, I did not, I, I had no idea. I thought Top Gun was beloved by all. <laughs> no, it's certain, uh, the new one is certified at 97% right now on RT, including my review on there. It is, um, some of the best, the third act of this movie may be one of the best action movie third acts ever. Because I of mean, the because of the practical true. effects, it's everything is practical. Um, Tom Cruise is gonna save non Marvel cinema. <laughs> I hope so, man. Like I was saying, like I was telling someone off the line, like I really hope this makes money, man. Because I was talking, I was talking to the. I think this was in our group chat. I was talking to our buddy Kevin. Like, I think we're in a world that things are things are looking bad for everything non comic book related. When a Michael Bay movie, which usually makes a lot of money, can't even cross a hundred million dollars. That, I mean, but that, let's be honest, though. But that, that's, I mean, we've been crapping on Michael Bay a lot in oh, the last 10 years. I think he's awful, but I also think his movies make money. I mean, what's his hope before Ambulance? What was his non-Transformers movies? Oh, uh, he had a Netflix one that was the most, uh, I think, was one of the most watched movies ever on Netflix. Okay, uh, okay. Triple, Fon- Triple Frontier, I believe that's what it's called. Because I do think that this was more because we've been crapping as a society. We've been crapping on Michael Bay. So he's become like the Nickelback. And we'll talk about Nickelback, oh, Nickelback. in a little. Yes, let's we'll go. We'll talk about it in a little. He's become like the Nickelback. So no one wants to say, hey, I want to watch the new the new Michael Bay. You say that and people just like, oh, Michael Bay movies suck. Like, bro, no, they don't suck. And Andy Lynch was fantastic. It was exactly what Michael Bay should be doing and staying away from our childhood toys. I do, I do like Ambulance. Actually, you know how I hate Michael Bay. I think my Ambulance is actually really good. It's like if um, Speed and Heat had a baby. And it, seriously, that is a really good. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I oh. think the thing isn't as much Michael Bay as it is like I'm trying to think how I word this. Like people like me, I only really go to theaters for Marvel because that's the only thing that draws me. Or, or DC. Yeah, which is the problem. Yeah, there's nothing, but I think it's because one, a lot of things I see, I can just be like, I'll wait for that to be on TNT or on Netflix or something like that. We have so many other outlets because it's the idea of going to the theater still is still a little weary for some people. That's what I mean. Like, I, that's why I think the problem is. I I told Jenny off the line like a few weeks ago i think downton abbey is going to be the most important release for theaters in a long time and it's not a marvel movie because older older folks are not going to the movies and downton abbey is for an old crowd and i gotta say my screening yesterday it was almost sold out and it was a lot of older folks and no, movie... I, that makes sense too d because it's like you're you're dragging like and here's the thing i love streaming stuff so like much like ryan i'll just wait for it to stream but like this is forcing the streaming people to go into the theater. <laughs> yeah, and I think I mean, listen, theaters. I think I I we wrongly we wrongly claimed their death in mid twenty twenty, and I guess theaters are going to be back. And they're not they're not looking the same anymore because of the forty forty to forty five day window. But um, 
I think movies, some movies need to be seen in theaters. I'm perfectly fine with streaming, but I think some movies should be seen in theaters. Uh, yeah. forgot to mention one more movie before we finish. I saw Men, the new Alex Garland movie. Oh, dude. How was that? Yeah. I was the only one in the theater. So that movie's not making any money this week. No uh, way. Really? Yeah. I missed my press screening because it was at 1030 in the morning. So I just decided to just wait and I'm like, oh, I'll just watch it when it comes out. Um, and yeah, uh, it's an Alex Garland movie. I love Alex Garland. I love Annihilation. I love Ex Machina. Um, this movie is something. I think Jesse Buckley is fantastic in it, but this movie, I, I can't, I, the cinema score hasn't dropped yet. I'm curious if this crosses into the DF range. No way. Oh my God. The third act of this movie is bun, bananas. Like I would say it's in line with like society of how crazy it is. Uh, a lot of good practical effects. Uh, the ending didn't, uh, the final shot is kind of what didn't stick with me. I think this needs a rewatch by, from me. I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I didn't love it as much as I expected it to. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, if you're into horror, if you're into Alex Garland, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I'm into Ex Machina, so I guess I would, should I do Annihilation before? Oh this? yeah, Annihilation's great. I love okay, cool. Annihilation. It's weird. Annihilation's weird, but it's very, I think it's very good. And similar to Ex Machina and, Annihilation, the ending is ambiguous. You decide what you need to decide when the movie ends. Um, but yeah, that wraps up everything I've seen. Uh, oh, and I started the Lincoln Lawyer yesterday. And I told the guys in the group chat, I I think I'm an idiot for doing this. Because Netflix has broken my heart way too much lately with cancellations. But I'm really liking the show, so I really hope that they don't cancel it. I didn't know this was big. Like, there's a, well, I guess I didn't know it even from the movie, but there are books. It's based on books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the movie, I actually do like the Lincoln Lawyer movie. I don't think it's for, I, it, it's during the Maconnaissance. So, yeah. Uh, it is a good memory on that. Yep. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I thought the movie, I thought that movie was pretty good. But yeah, let's turn, let's turn the page over to, to actually turn the page back to 2002 as we, uh, look back at Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Um, you know how we do here going through some of the production and then we do what's aged best and we get to our categories. I do have a lot of notes here for our production section. Uh, This freaking movie went through a lot, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man. I tried to actually put like the highlights because there's so much that happened. So Leo, please shut me up and tell me if I missed anything, if I don't get to it here. Uh, (laughs) So production on the Spider-Man movie started in the early 1980s where Marvel comics was in negotiation with, uh, produces to bring comic uh, Spider-Man to the big screen. Producer Roger Corman, who who eventually directed <laughs> or brought to life the 1994 Fantastic Four that was never released, uh, was the first to hold an option on Spider-Man property and began to develop the film at Orion Pictures. Uh, Spider-Man co-creator Stan Lee was brought on to write a screenplay which feature- featured Cold War themes and Doctor Octopus as the primary antagonist. The project did not come into fruition following budgetary disputes between Corman and Lee. Uh, probably the best thing that ever happened. That movie would have felt so dated. Yeah. Uh, Although, I mean, Corman, though. Corman. Corman's <laughs> my guy, man. I love Roger Corman. I feel like he's one of us. I mean, really. Yeah, I think so. Um, then we fast forward five years. In 1985, a new script was being written by Ted Newsom and John Brancato. In this version, Peter Parker receives a spider-like ability from a cyclotron experiment. Dr. Octopus was again the villain and um, was written as Peter Parker's mentor turned enemy. I think they did that eventually. Uh, 
Barney Cohn was brought in to do a rewrite, which added humor, additional action sequences, and supporting villains. Cannon hired Joseph Zito to direct the film, having previously uh, worked on Invasion USA for the studio. For the role of Peter Parker, Tom Cruise was considered to play, which makes sense at the time. Actually, yep. makes perfect sense. Uh, Bob Hoskins was considered to play Dr. Octopus, while Lauren Bacall and Catherine Hepburn would consider it Aunt May. This one I would have loved to see. Like, Catherine Hepburn as fucking Aunt May? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Stan Lee expresses desire to play J. Jonah Jameson. Nah. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the opposite end of that. Really? I want a Hoskins. Young... I want Hoskins as Doc Ock. I really want Hoskins. Yeah, as that would have been. Ock. And he's such a short presence, so having like the the octopus thing the, mm-hmm. would have looked really interesting. This is probably the last one before we get to where we end up. It's probably the most interesting one. Say it, baby. Say In it. 1989, James Cameron. Yes. Was attached to write and direct the film. Cameron previously met with Stan Lee to discuss a possible X-Men film until Lee uh, convinced Cameron that he would be a good choice to direct Spider-Man. James Cameron submitted a treatment to um, in 1993, which served as a darker, more mature take mm-hmm. on the character's mythos. In addition to featuring Spider-Man's origin story, it also included reimagined versions of Electro and Sandman. Uh, the former was portrayed as a megalomaniacal businessman named Carlton Strand, while the latter was ran as Strand's personal bodyguard named Boyd. Cameron's treatment also featured heavy profanity and a sex scene between Spider-Man and Mary J atop the Brooklyn Bridge. The budget was a f- the budget was set for $50 million, but process- progress stalled um, when there was a lawsuit for attempting to make the film without... Uh, Carloco involvement. Cameron had recently completed True Lies for 20th Century Fox as part of the production deal with the studio. Fox attempted to acquire the film rights for Spider-Man for, for Cameron, but this proved unsuccessful, which ultimately led Cameron to leave the project to make Titanic. Um, and then following that, Batman and Robin came out and pretty much comic books films died for a few years. Uh, in 1999, Sony options uh, from MGM, all versions of Spider-Man, and pretty much the rest is history. Sony, to this day, still owns Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much... Did I miss anything on the production? No, you did marvelous. That's. I'm glad you hit on the specifics of that freaking... of the Cameron movie. Because I'm like, damn, Cameron want, wants to go, like, adult I, Spider-Man. Do I... I want, do I... Am I caught off of my saying I want to see that? It's funny because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we needed the Raimi version of like more, more like more fantastical fun Spider-Man, but now I'm all in on this like super dark like adult Spider-Man. Because we still haven't gotten. I think the closest thing was probably, and it's not a good movie, but Amazing Spider-Man Two, probably the darkest that yeah. series has gotten. Because uh, No Way Home, I guess, close second uh, for certain aspects there. Uh, in terms of the Spider-Man 2002. Uh, budget on the movie was $139 million. It grossed $825 million, and it is very, very known for breaking the box office weekend record at $114 million, which also uh, was broken by Vinnie Chase's Entourage in 2005. And in in the starring role of Aquaman. Um, Yeah, Academy Awards. Going to the trophy room, this movie was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Sound and Best Visual Effects. Um... Yeah, I guess we can go right into what aged the best, unless you want to talk about a little bit about the first time you saw the movie, uh, Leo. 
Oh, wow, man. This was 2002. So I was a sophomore in high school, right? No. Yeah, yes. high school. Yes. Sophomore Actually, school. no. We were... No, yeah, we were sophomores. Yes, yes, you're right. This was May. This is also yes. a May movie, right? Yes. Yeah, so May movies, and, and I think have become like a, a tradition with me just because my sister's birthday is always in early May. Um, and definitely, I remember going to the theaters. Back then, I wasn't into the movies as, as, as much as, pretty much similar to what I am now. Like, I, I go to the movies every once in a while, but I'm not like, a, every weekend I need to go watch the new movie. Um, I mean, it's high school, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like, this was hot off of the, 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 the heels of X-Men. So I grew up with that, with um, Spider-Man, the animated series. Um, yes. I did read the comic books. For Spider-Man, I will say I actually did read the comic. I loved the 1994 um, Maximum Carnage game on Super Nintendo. Yes, I remember that um, being like a, a red cartridge, right? Yes, the yes. red. Oh, good. Yes, the red cartridge. And I remember Spider-Man that definitely was one of those like, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, right? And it was, um, I was really excited to see it. I remember really freaking just enjoying it visually. I remember it was a big deal because I remember that there was like a thing. Back then, we didn't have the luxury of having all these like tweets and spoilers and stuff. But I remember a big news thing dropped that um, that Spider-Man was going to be CGI. Like it wasn't going to be like all live action, but there will be added into CGI. And I think back then, CGI was still one of those things we were like, getting more comfortable with um anybody you needed cgi to make i don't think cameron could have made a really good spider-man without the use of cgi um, oh he couldn't have no but he did yeah. do terminator 2 in 91 with that and i think yes. he probably would have been able to good, do the job and i think that's perfectly what Raimi did here too is like the blending of practical with cgi i think some directors are just fantastic at it um and i think that just watching it on live screen I loved it. A lot of the characters, I loved it. Some of the casting, I did not love, and I still don't love. But this is, I remember Spider-Man leaving the theater. I thought it was amazing watching it on screen. But it was like the very early, like, um, villain origin story of me being a fanboy and not liking decisions that the studio made. Um, so this was very, very early on where I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that. But the rest of the movie was really, really good. Ryan, what do you remember? For my first time, I remember shit, to be honest with you. Um, Great story, Ryan. Uh, but I was about to make up for it. You gave me a second. <laughs> Damn, pal. Um, no, but Spider-Man was always my number three growing up. It was always Batman, Wolverine, Spider-Man. Um, so seeing him on the big screen was like was really cool to me and like leo i grew up on the anime series but i was so obsessed with spider-man like i would go back and watch spider-man and amazing friends and stuff like that so and i yeah no i i'm i'm, I'm glad you brought that up i actually think leo and of course ryan you can correct me if i'm wrong i think spider-man is marvel's most important property hundred million percent yes i feel like the way batman is to dc spider-man is to marvel mm -hmm. i think without them i mean especially i mean dc without batman i mean wow but um <laughs> yeah i think i i think it's shown with how many times they've rebooted this character in films 
how important yeah, Spider-Man I think, is. I think this post-MCU world doesn't recognize what, like, prior to this, like, Spider-Man was the flagship Marvel property. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was one of the first things sold by Marvel when it was going bankrupt. That and X-Men were the things people wanted the most because they knew making movies of those two would have just broken the box office. And that's why Sony is not giving that up. No, yeah, people people have this pipe dream that don't know like the the idea with these like ownership rights. Sony will mm-hmm. never sell this to Disney. Like never. I, I joked a couple of years ago, Disney would have to buy Sony for them to own Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And that's not even an exaggeration. That's not even close to an exaggeration. That's that's I think it's the last like property that Sony actually like has. Um I'd have to check. They all well, they have the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I'd I'd have to look at other properties. I don't think they have many like profitable properties left. I'd have to, you know, I may be wrong, but you're you're 100 right. Uh, yeah. My first time was at a birthday party for my for my baby cousin. Actually, it was like his like 10th birthday party. Oh no, like eighth birthday party actually. And um, I had held off to watch it with them. And I was immediately floored. I thought it was great. Uh, I didn't know anything about critiquing at the time. So obviously I have more critiques now as we've gotten older. Uh, I thought the look of it was very unique and it felt big as it's weird to say. I don't know if it makes sense. It felt like an event. Uh, mm-hmm. like X-Men didn't feel like an event. Like Spider-Man yeah. did feel like it was the biggest thing in the world, and it was at the time. And then uh, shout out to Nickelback and Saliva. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's definitely coming back. Later oh this yes, episode. I and I think we may have him in a different section, but let let let's get to that. Uh, what age? <laughs> what age the best? Um, I'll kick it off here. Uh, comic book movies. Oh, mm-hmm. just just a little, just, just a, a little. Uh, I think Danny Elfman's score is so damn good in this movie. Uh. The Marvel fanfare. This is the debut of the Marvel fanfare. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, I'm glad you gave him b- b- Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw, yeah. Bonesaw, ready? <laughs> as I as I cough into the mic. Um, I think this is the best dynamic between Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Yeah, I really feel you. I think I'll, we're gonna get to it. It's, it's morbid to say but i actually do think this is the most impactful uncle ben death mm-hmm. oh yeah um the best use of with great power comes great responsibility uh nickelback and saliva <laughs> you have yeah. that on page of- <laughs> i love that song so much man <laughs> to this day that song still slaps man i love that song it's true so here's the thing that just just like michael bay right it's become cool to say you hate nickelback but you are 100% right. Back in 2002, this song was dope as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. You can still hate Creed. I don't hate Nickelback. Nickelback has some bangers, and this is definitely was probably the biggest song of the summer. Easily. Easily. Um, I also have the mention of Shazam and other superheroes. <laughs> You're not Superman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> False advertisements. And what I mean by false advertisements, why that's aged the best, because it happens so often today. But the exact event I'm talking about is when Peter was not given the money he was promised for for lasting the three mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, 
J. Jonah Jameson. Just just J. Jonah Jameson. Um, I really think Goblin and Spidey's first fight in Times Square has aged really well. Uh, I really enjoy that scene. Uh, I also think Green Goblin attacking Aunt May works really well. Deliver us. Finish it. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's all I have. I saved the rest for you guys. I'm going to let Ryan go because Leo, we yeah. always st- steal his stuff. So Ryan, what do you got? Um, I don't got much, but boom, song. I did also <laughs> throw it out there. Um, great power comes great responsibility. Uh, and the rain kiss. Oh yes, I actually. Oh, good. I actually got it at the buzzer. I actually have it somewhere else. You guys may get mad. Go ahead, Leo. What do you got? Yeah, age the best. My MVP. One is that, <laughs> up, that upside down kiss age. It aged well because I'm gonna be honest. Everyone has at least tried some type of that iteration kiss. So okay, yeah. I have that. Um, it's funny. Um, Dave, I didn't realize or I didn't remember, but the hero narrating the intro. Oh yes, Ooh, I'm like it's like like yeah, and Peter does it in this one. I think that the Pat the Pattinson Batman did it better, but just a bit. Yes, that aged well. Um, Willem Dafoe, I think. His career, him, him in general, I think aged well. Um, the memes, the memes from this movie. I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the ugly crying from Peter um, really aged really well. Um, we'll we'll get into this too, but uh, James Franco playing a creep to hit on a girl, I think aged really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, Uncle Ben being laid off because computers are taking over. I think oh, that hit. Yeah. Ageism. That hit. Ageism. <laughs> um, kudos to Tobey Maguire, but heroes bulking up for a superhero role. Like, yeah, that's good too. Looking in the mirror, True. like oh, I got Jack for this role. Um, I have also J. Jonah Jameson, and I definitely have a feeling he's a very big, I guess, partner of the far right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say that's 100 percent accurate. Um, universe building, I world building, universe building, um, with the name drops of Eddie as the photographer and Dr. Connors in the Bailey. Yeah, Google that's stuff. true. That's a good one. I was one. like, oh, shoot. Um, this aged really well. The double acting where Defoe has to play two different characters in the same shot. Yeah. Um, practical effects. I think the cafeteria, the whole thing where he's like catching the things on the tray. People don't know that that's that wasn't CGI. That was practical effects that Rainey used for that shot. Um, and it looked great. Um, the foe licking the marshmallow. <laughs> and Wait, you creepily, have the, you have that age the best? It creepily <laughs> and then just creepily looking at Aunt May. Um, I think it's I think it aged best because it's so funny. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's hilarious. It's creepy as hell. Um, and uh, so it's like I think you'll. Like, I don't know if Ryan's ever watched this movie, but I think David, you watched it. Um, I love Darkman. I love love Darkman. Adore it. Adore that movie. I think it may have been like maybe my top three most rented movies of Hollywood Video. Oh, I love um, Darkman so much. And and I love how you shout out Hollywood Video, and not Blockbuster. I, kudos, sir. Kudos. Oh, I got to be Leo. Real, bro. Well, to Leo's real. defense, Leo lives downtown, and at that time when the video stores were a big thing we only had one blockbuster and it was actually uptown uptown gotcha. yeah. hollywood video was actually closer to leo and blockbuster was closer to me i got yeah. you Leo. well yeah, yeah and, no, and, right and, on. I think, and i think with dark man 
this movie has a lot of the stuff, like but similar shots, similar vibe, similar build. So I put the Sam Raimi formula. Yes. I think that aged really, really well because mm-hmm. I feel like this one was like a more of a perfection on the stuff he knew from Darkman. By the way, uh, R- Ryan, do you know the story of Darkman, like why it exists? No. So he wanted to do Batman. He didn't get Batman, so he decided to just create his own superhero. <laughs> uh, please watch Darkman. Yeah, it's really good. All right. Age the worst. I don't have that much, so I'll go first here. I went upside down kissing because that shit don't fucking work, and people need to not try that. Upside down <laughs> it kissing. Does work. Upside down kissing reminds me of the era of planking. Just to. <laughs> No, no. Um, evil bus drivers. Did you like fall on your head? Be honest. No, because <laughs> I never tried that. No. So then how can you say it doesn't work if you never tried it? Because planking doesn't work. Because I didn't try that either. Well, Dave, oh. did you hear? Did you hear like how McGuire describes the shooting of that shot? No. What did he? That? No. What did he? Oh say? my god! So it's funny because like the scene itself, and it's like Stacy's the one that told me about this, but um, the shot is during the rain, right? He's hanging up. After just saving Mary Jane, they're both drenched. Um, so it's supposedly one of the sexiest kisses in cinema, but he felt like he was being waterboarded. <laughs> the water kept accumulating on his nose because the mask was like right above his nose, <laughs> and they had to keep like cutting and he had to keep shooting it. So he remembers that shot very differently from the rest of people. And this he, is, yeah, and- he described it as like. Feeling like he was being waterboarded, and this is why it doesn't work. Um, no, evil bus drivers. Yes. Let me tell you something. Peter may be a nerd, and I get like him being bullied. You know, it's not right, but I get it for the terms of the story we're having. There's no reason for that bus driver to be an asshole and just keep driving and not picking him up. I have a very big problem with that. From Leo and I walk to school, walk to high school. But if yeah. a bus driver did that to us, if we had to take the bus, I'd be fucking pissed. Like, yeah. And Hell I took yeah, a bus man. and I would have been pissed. <laughs> um, what else do I have here? 36-year-old Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, as as a man, a purist of comic book uh, continuity, webbing in hand. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what Leo thinks about the webbing in the hand. Thing. Oh, I'm going to go off. Baby. Okay, I'm great. going off. James Franco? Yes. That's it. Just just James just Franco. That. Um <laughs> and finally, why is this school teacher at the beginning of the movie younger than Peter? Oh, yes. Cuz he literally looks like he's at least 5 years younger than Peter Parker. <laughs> um and I'm, I couldn't think of anything else. I mean, some of the CGI looks a little flunk funky, but it's also yeah. 2002, so I didn't really want to put too much you know, emphasis yeah. on, on that. It's just a sign of the times. Because I think like 2000 and 2004 CGI can get pretty, pretty messy. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give it a, a check mark on the negative side for that. But what do you got, Leo? Uh, wait, do you want, you want Ryan to go first? Actually, or, yeah, Ryan, Ryan, do you have anything? Yeah, I got a couple of things. Um, Uncle Ben dying. Well, I mean, I don't think that's I mean, age bad. That that that's how it goes. <laughs> it just happens so many times. We're tired of seeing it. It's like it's like. Oh like, yes, yes, I get what you mean. Oh, yeah. like the Martha pearls. Yes, exactly. that's a good. One. All right, I see you. Um, adults playing teens. I know Davey touched on it, but the entire cast is like an adult playing teens. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and that's just such a like 
late nineties, early two thousands like, thing. Like Rye, like and Leo and like, Greece. As much as like Riverdale went you know, jumped the shark, I at least credit them for trying to cast decent age. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Nancy Gray. Oh, Macy Gray. Macy Gray, sorry. Yeah, Macy yes. Gray. I was watching the movie with Jenny and she's like Oh man, that was a thing I forgot. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. she is damn. she is so I never even liked that. Yeah, never was a fan of that. Uh Leah, what do you got? All right. So my list of what aged badly high school bullies, because I know that that's not allowed anymore, guys. I don't know if you know this, but bullying is bad and it can ruin people's lives. So time. high school bullies, no. James Franco's career. So Dave, you hit it on the head. Um, hey, I can't believe you guys didn't mention this, but this aged really badly. The freaking bone saw. That's a cute outfit. Yes, Did your husband yep. give it to you? That is, that is really bad. That is yeah. Really bad. And homophobia. Like, that wasn't cool, Peter. <laughs> um, and I think I think it's been edited out of, like, newer versions of it. Like, I think someone mentioned that, like, even on TV when it airs, they don't have that line anymore. Um, Macy Gray's yeah, career. <laughs> um... I don't know, man, but this time on the rewatch, Peter Peter's a little bit of a creep himself, man. He's like got a little bit of a peeping Tom slash stalker vibe to him. Man, with his did... infatuation with this uh... time around. Yeah. Just... Listen, I missed it. It was a blind spot on me, and I'm like, oh. I'm gonna defend <laughs> this and just say he just likes watching people throw out garbage. <laughs> but it's crazy because like how much he can like he's like his windows looks directly into Mary Jane. <laughs> Um, honestly, I think for female empowerment, the damsel is constantly in distress. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mary Jane cannot walk down the street without something needing to save her. That's kind of what I love so much about Zendaya in this new. Yeah. Yeah. She has the little damsel aspect, but I don't think she is at all. I think there's like not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, this this was more like freaking like, um, like Margot Kidder. Kidder? Um, Oh, Margot Kidder. Yeah. It's Superman. Like, geez, bro. Come on. Um, the bro code, like both. Oh yes, yes. Both, they're both terrible bros to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Peter, like granted, didn't make a move to the girl, but his roommate best friend takes her because he never made a move, and then Peter still kind of tries to take her back from him. Like, oh, you guys are better, terrible friends. Um, uh, I have Sony Spider Man property. <laughs> well because, can, can i kick back at that when you finish yeah yeah sure so, go ahead so, absolutely so and in, in the sense that like they at this point in time made the first definitive spider-man movie on screen they were the sole proprietary at this point in time and they they set records david is going to go into it later but that breaking that hundred million mark like literally changed the landscape of cinema um but then after this <laughs> Um, it got to the point where Spider-Man films needed to get saved by the MCU, and now they have that partnership in place that they both profit from. But uh, I think solo Sony properties, and look, bro, if you try to sell me on Venom, Let There Be Carnage, no, 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 or no, no, no. on Morbius being legitimately good franchises, I'm not going to take it. No, no, no. The only selling I will give you is that I understand your side of it, and I agree with you 100%. But I can't put it in age worse when the studio and Spider-Man got an Oscar for Best Picture before the MCU did. 
with Spider-Man that, that was, into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. And, that, yeah. and that's why I put, like, in my, in my list, I'm like, live action. Yes. I think it's the only one where, they, yeah. Um, I have, I have Chad Kroger Hero. No! I, come on, or, Leo! No! How I'm dare here. you? How can you I'm on Dave's side on this David, one. It's so David, good! But David, who knows? Anyone that's like 20 and over watches this movie now. <laughs> Like I always They're say, I'm so like, high, I can hear heaven. They're gonna look at us like, why is Macy Gray on this movie? Oh yeah, no, no. Why no. is this song like the title song? The credit. I, I don't. Oh man, like I can co-sign maybe saliva, but I can't co-sign this song. It's so good. <laughs> I actually this very can early two thousand. Can I counter? Like I think if we're gonna throw an age the worst. For songs, I don't like the Dashboard Confessional song from Part Two. Oh, I, yes, definitely. That's the only weak part of Part Two. I yeah, <laughs> and it happens when the credits roll. So at least it's not during the movie. Um, and um, the the last thing I have for Age Badly, and it's a very quick thing that I didn't recognize until the rewatch yesterday. Gun safety. Um, when Spider Man Peter lays Norman Osborn on, on his deathbed, and Harry walks in. Dude opens a random cabinet and just pulls out a gun to shoot him. And that's I, true. I'm pretty sure that since this has been shot, everyone keeps their guns pretty like locked up and protected. Yeah, but seriously. this was just like a random cabinet in someone's like office. One thing we forgot to mention in Age Best, the three of us, is Stan Lee cameos. Oh, yes. oh yeah, I totally yeah. forgot to mention that. All right, well, cool. Which is- which I think news article of uh, um, Marvel just signed the con- like signed an agreement with like Stanley's like properties to be able to use his likeness. How do you, how do you like that? Going- how do you feel about that? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not too. I think we should just let it go, right? I don't, I don't want to feel. I don't want to make it feel like too hokey or too much like gimmicky. I yeah. think they were fun when he was around. But th- here's the thing, too, though. Tell me a part of you doesn't think he would want this to happen. <laughs> Oh hell's yeah! Right? Hell's yeah! I just, I just feel like his last cameo being Endgame felt perfect, you know. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But uh, all right, cool. Let's get to our awards here because I'm very curious to where we're going. Uh, the Joe Spinell that guy award. Uh, I didn't want to do this. I had no choice but to do this. I love this character. I love this person's performance. But my that guy is Rosemary Harris is Aunt May. Oh really? I don't know her as anything else. And, no, same. And when I do, I have seen her and other stuff. But in terms of like, oh, I'm always like, oh, look, it's Aunt May. So yeah, Rosemary Harris is mine. Leah, what do you got? So I, it's funny because I know I know it's the Joe Spinello Award. Um, I think we can also rename it to the Joe Mancianello Award because oh, I had. Yeah. No freaking! I every time I watch this movie, I always forget he's Flash Thompson. <laughs> was this the first time that you saw it was Flash? That uh, he was Flash? You did you know before watching it this time? Yes, I did. I did know. I so the very obviously the very first time this guy was a no night no namer. This was literally his first cast like film, um, his first credited film. So like back then I didn't know, but on rewatches after Manganiello. There was something about his face. I'm like, this guy's face looks familiar. Where do I know him from? But I did know prior to this rewatch that yes, the the now well known Joe Manganiello was actually yes. Ryan, what do you got? Spider Man himself, Tobey Maguire. Oh, wow. I, 
I can't go there. I knew Toby. This was, I mean, this was his number. We'll talk about that later, but I knew Toby. Yeah, I knew Toby. But every time I see and Lee Spider-Man, like, no matter what, so. That didn't, hold on. I Obviously, I don't agree, but I am. I'm gonna bring up his uh, his, yeah, his like his filmography real quick. Cause he had didn't he have like Cider House Rules before this? So he had before Spider Man. He had Pleasantville, which is the first thing I saw him in. Yeah, uh, Cider so. Cider House Rules, Cat Cats and Dogs, Spider Man, Sea Biscuit, Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three, Brothers, The Great Gatsby, Pawn Sacrifices, The Boss Baby, No Way Home, and Babylon. He actually hasn't had a big career like filmography wise. Um, he kind of does what Leo does. Which they're best friends, so kind of makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, you know, you want to you want to drop the name of their crew, the Pussy Posse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll never forget the first time I read up about that. And if you guys, I'm not being vulgar for the sake of being vulgar, ladies and gentlemen. If you Google that word, that crew, you will find the entire rundown of who's in that group. Um, yeah. All right, Deadless Shrimp Six Man of the Film Award. I think this is easy for me. Uh, J.K. Simmons, J.J. Jameson. There better uh, not be anyone else. Ryan has someone else. I feel it. For supporting? Yeah. No, J.K. Simmons. Oh, okay. Thank okay. God. Although, you know who, I, on the rewatch, you know who I low-key was gonna, like, maybe slide in there, but I'm like, I couldn't do it? Who, did, who was Macho it? Man as Bonesaw. <laughs> yeah, I think he has yeah. enough. Yeah, that's a good one. That He has enough time where you can actually say, yeah, he's he's a great one. Because he uh, stole that whole scene. I'm like, yo, he, he knew he only got about a minute of screen time, and he was like, <laughs> oh, I'm milking this minute of screen time. I remember the first time I saw the movie and the Macho Man appeared, and I'm like, so that's what he's been doing since WCW went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> like, good for him, man. Good for him. Um, yeah, J.K. Simmons, though, his J.J. Jameson is iconic. Legendary. Uh, Becky O'Shea, Icebox, MVP of the film. I, I cheated here. I went Sam Raimi and William Dafoe. Nice. I think, you know, easily they both win this movie. But what do you got, Leo? Uh, so I was, I was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I had originally Norman Osborn, William Dafoe as the MVP of this. Um, but I'm switching it now. Um, Sony is the MVP. Of this. <laughs> Sony, you know what, dude? You did a fantastic job of walking through our listeners how long this freaking project took to come out and seeing where it's gone from here. I think Sony overall won this. That's a very interesting look at it. I I, I don't hate that at all. Um, what about you, Rye? What do you got? I got Willem Dafoe. All right. Awesome. All right. And then probably the most curious one here, Peaks and Valley. Um, all right so my peak is the macho man randy savage because oh, no. <laughs> like after this um he had like a really bad run tna for us wrestling fans i know what that is and then um when unfortunately you walk me through like where this was in context to wrestling like yes, was, so, it, was, was it was it the nwo was it the attitude era what was so it? we were just in the middle WrestleMania 7, no, it was 2002. So this was around the Ruthless Aggression era, the draft that just happened. WWF is about to lose their their name. Uh, they're about to become WWE. Um, WCW, had cl- WCW had closed in two th- March 2001. So everyone that was under WCW contracts pretty much was not signed by WWF because they let their contract expire. Pretty much free money. Macho Man was one of those guys. So he let, you know, while he was doing that, he did, uh, 
he did movies and he did Spider-Man. Um, but after that, TNA opened in July of 2002. And then, um, Macho Man joined the company in 2004. He had one appearance. No, he had three appearances. And then he pretty much went away. And then he passed away in 2011. Yeah, 2011. So, yeah, that was pretty much the Macho Man after Spider-Man. So, that's why, you know, I could have done with an actor, but it really is the Macho Man because this is it. Like, this is pretty much it for him. Uh, So, yeah, Macho Man is one of the greatest of all time. One of my favorite wrestlers. But, yeah. I'm glad he had disappearance as one last go around. Um, Ryan, who do you got for peak? Fuck no, I want to put Macho Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst just got nominated for an Oscar, Ryan. No, I got I got Kirsten Dunst too. What? You both are killing me. I agree. Wait, Ryan, you go first. Why do you think Kirsten Dunst is a peak? Because this is, in my eyes, the most memorable thing she's ever oh done. Oh my god, Ryan! Okay. <laughs> oh, Leo. Oh, what do you okay. go? Help so, me out, please. So, yeah, let, let me translate. I'll translate. <laughs> Thank you. So, Kirsten Dunst as a leading lady, I have is a peak. Because back then, she got she just got cast as Mary Jane Watson. Mary Jane Watson was like the freaking Pamela Anderson, Carmen Electra hybrid hot chick of comic books. Like this woman should have been like. Like a model, like definitive, beautiful world girl that everyone wanted. Kirsten Dunst just landed that role. That's incredible, period. Um, and after this, as a leading lady, I think the only thing she really did that people can remember was like, what, Bring It On? And that's and something she shared with Gabrielle Union. Bring It On sucks. I'll say and, but that's, that, that's the only other thing. Like, If you think Kirsten Dunst as a leading lady, you can only think of, her is Mary Jane, her in in um in Bring It On. Now, yes, you are a thousand percent right. She just got nominated and won an Academy Award. No, she right? didn't win. She didn't win. She didn't she win. Got nominated. Just got nominated for Power of the Dog, which she made a comeback, but it wasn't as a leading lady. And I don't think she 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 never was able to capitalize on that point in her career where someone saw her to be like. A Mary Jane. Zendaya is a Mary Jane. Oh, yeah. Zendaya is, is a superstar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, I actually, I don't even, I mean, I, I, very good argument. I give you that. I, I actually do think Zendaya is like transcendent superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ma- Kirsten is not. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I still stick with my Macho Man Randy <laughs> Savage. So. I know. I had to walk you down. I had to talk you off the ledge. Easy, easy. Um, anything else for Peaks? Uh, Thanksgiving dinners and movies. Ooh. <laughs> um, marshmallow licking. Oh yeah, that's so creepy. Um, using character hero the... accidentally killing the, the the side villain. What do you mean? Think of it. This happened. It's more of like a movie sin than a peak, but. And the warehouse scene, the villain just tripped, so Peter gets his revenge without actually killing the guy. Oh, oh that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I know Leo liked this one. Nickelback? Saliva? And I don't think I have anything else. All right, Valley, um, I, you, know, you know my rule. Um, Dude, ta- but there's, 
there's a crap load of Academy Award winners and nominees in this movie. I have two because these are the two that won. Uh, so J.K. Simmons and Octavia Spencer yes. are the two that I have just because they won their Oscar. Uh, and I guess Sam Raimi because I think Sam Raimi, he still has to do Spider-Man 2. So. Yeah, good point. Any, uh, what do you got, Ryan? Although, although some people remember him mainly from like, um, Evil Dead, from like the Evil Dead franchise too. Yeah, yeah. What do you got, Ryan? And also Sam Raimi of Hercules and Xena. Um, <laughs> Wait, he created those two. He was. He was a producer on them. Did I? Don't yeah, think he, he was. Produ- yeah, no, he wasn't created. He was a producer. Oh, okay. Uh, Leah, what do you I'm got? I'm gonna get heat for this. Oh, oh no. But as a stoner, I had to put James Franco. No. You, you do know what happened Wait, you know, to your Does any your... population of people want to claim James Franco right now? Are you sure you want to do that to the stoner community? Pineapple Express. Oh, right. Oh, 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 I don't God. think, I don't think, I, I think every stoner that listens to us right now is like taking away your stoner card. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface this that Leo and I do not share the opinions of Ryan Suskin on this podcast, especially when nope. it comes to James Franco. So nope. wait, what happened? I'll let you look it up. Let's not do that here. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. That, yeah. James Franco. There, there's not... a reason. There's a reason he's aged the worst for Leo and I. Um, yeah. Leo, what do you got? Oh, no. Dude, you hit it on the head. It's oh, the, same too? It's, 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 the, it's the immaculate performance of the check-in girl at the wrestling tournament. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a Academy Award winning Octavia Spencer. For and me. throwing yeah. shade the way she does at, at Peter Parker is immaculate too. Um, so yeah, let's finish off with some Spider-Man fun facts. You know, I always love ending the, ending the podcast with this. Number one, Tobey Maguire said he never read a Spider-Man comic book, but took the role because he liked the script. Leo, you must hate that. I hate that so much. Him and his freaking organic web shooters. (laughs) You never talked about the organic web shooters. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. That's so, remember I mentioned like my first time viewing it, it it was like a, a villain origin story for me. Yeah. I never got past the organic web shooters. This franchise will never for me be as beloved as it is for anyone else, for you guys. Like, I can't enjoy Spider-Man 2 because of those goddamn freaking organic web shooters. Let me ask you, did No Way Home help? Um, A little bit. The fact that they called it out is like they literally had to talk about it. But I just, I remember when I was watching it, like, the movie. Like, originally watching the movie, I'm like, why would you take that away, though? Like... The web shooters were supposed to show how Peter is nerdy and is able to create his own technology to make webbing. Like, just saying it's a part of his anatomy or his biology, I'm like, that's just dumb. Like, why would you make these unnecessary changes? And then I just spun off into, like, me being a fanboy mark for all comic book content. Uh, No, I get I totally get you. I I still don't like it either. Uh, Number two, this you touched on it earlier. And then uh, this is the first film to gross one hundred million dollars in its opening weekend alone. At the time, no movie had done so even with even adjusted for inflation. Dude, isn't that 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 right there is insane? Because now if any comic movie comes out and doesn't make that, they're a flop. Agreed. One thousand percent. Number three. Uh, and, and I remember this first tra- uh, trailer and poster as well. In the wake of the 9-11 attack, Sony recalled teaser posters and trailers sh- which showed close-up of Spider-Man's face with the New York skyline, including the World Trade Center reflected on his eyes. Not all posters were recovered, however, and their ones are still large and are highly valuable collector's items. Uh, this, I don't know how Leo would have felt. I think Ryan would have been down for this one. Hugh Jackman revealed that he was supposed to have yes. a brief cameo as Wolverine. 
bro, do you know? Do you have any idea how close Sony and Fox were to pretty much making the MCU like worthless? <laughs> right. Had, the had they done this, bro? That's it. That's the whole allure to the MCU, the interconnected like universe. It's can over. I, can I throw one caveat to that? We all love Hugh Jackman. I you'd not have been excited in the moment. Well, you would not have been. No, would you have been? Oh yeah, no, I could not have. I I would have I would have freaked. I loved the X Men OG movie because again, like I that was that was X Men. Right? I I had some questions about it. I didn't like their uniforms in it. I didn't like the fact that Sabretooth and Logan didn't know each other. But it's still X Men, bro. And back in two thousand, oh man, if I if I had gotten it was like it was like Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man once. Yeah, um, I agree. It's like, yo, are you telling me I'm gonna get like a movie that has both Spider Man and the X Men? I'm like, I'm all in. And then next year we get to talk about when Logan Roy takes down Hugh uh, Hugh Jackman and the Wolverine. <laughs> so that 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 that'll be fun. Uh, next up, one of the reasons why Sam Raimi was a popular choice with Sony for the director's gig was because he had, he is an avid book. Uh, avid comic book collector with a collection of over 25,000 comics. Nice. Uh, number tell. six. David Fincher was asked to direct. His version would have told the origin story in the opening credits, but it would also have been based on the night when Stacy died. Uh, Fincher Spider-Man movie. I kind of want that. I guys not gonna lie. Yeah, I know. I know your your other favorite director was also tagged to want a spider. Was also mentioned as a person for Spider-Man. Wait, uh, was it? Wait, who? Michael Bay? Oh, no, that would have been awful. Oh, that would have no, been no, terrible. No, no. <laughs> uh, this is a ridiculous fun fact that I actually wanted to share. The font of the movie title was later used for the logo for the PlayStation 3. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job on Sony. Not bad. Uh, yeah, so they not only did it benefit their pro- film property, they benefited their big gaming system. Um Number eight, some of the actors considered to play J. Jonah Jameson included. Oh, man, some of these, some of these might have been interesting. Lee Ermey, Hugh Laurie, Dennis Farina, Fred Ward, Bill Paxton, Michael Keaton. I think I wanted, I, I definitely not Michael Keaton. Uh, he's one, he's too, way too young, I think, at the time. Until you just said that. Right now, I didn't know how much I wanted Dennis Farina as J. Jonah Jameson. Okay, this- so I wasn't going to go with him. I was actually going to go with Fred Ward. <laughs> Do you know? Fred Ward is Robin, isn't it? No, it's Burt well, Ward. Burt Ward. Ward. You don't wait, know who Fred-, Fred Ward is? Oh, wait, hold on. Isn't he, I think, he passed away, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, I know what Fred Ward is. Yeah, yeah. I think he would have made a good Joe jo- J. Jonah. Uh, but obviously, no one touches J.K. That is like perfection. I don't know Farina now. Now I'm thinking Farina because he has the he has the mustache organically. But he talks <laughs> like this. I don't know if talking like this is a good J. Jonah Jameson. You know? Yeah. Uh, Just for the listeners, Dave, can you give us Al Pacino got a uh, oh J. Jonah Jameson? Oh man, already, can you give me a line? Uh, just give me Spider Man. I don't even know if I don't even know how I could do a Pacino. Wait, 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 wait. What was that line he has about um so that that's it's not fired or hired? Slander slander is slander is spoken. Britain is libel. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I could do the yelling Pacino with that. I, I there's something oh my god, 
in Spider-Man, it wasn't in Spider-Man once. It was in Spider-Man 2 where he's like, I d- didn't appreciate him. And then Spider-Man grabs his, his suit back. And then he's like, he's, he's a villain! God, aha, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do Pacino as Jameson. I really can't. I got, can't. That. I got that. was enough for me. I got yeah, that. Yeah, that was perfect. I, 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 damn, I feel really bad. I couldn't do him as best as I wanted to. Um, but uh, next up, Stan Lee's cameo originally asking him, uh, asking Peter, hey, kid, would you like a pair of these, these glasses? Uh, they're the kind they wore in X-Men. While Stan did, still did appear in the final film, the dialogue scene was dropped but can still be found in the outtakes of the Blu-ray. Uh, this is Cliff Robertson who plays Uncle Ben's first film for Columbia Pictures in 25 years. The studio had blacklisted him since 1977 when he discovered that his own signature had been forged on a check written by a studio executive, which he was using to embezzle money from them. Columbia wanted to sweep the scandal under the rug, but Robertson spoke publicly about it. Speaking of the speaking of P squared, Leonardo DiCaprio was the first choice to play Peter Parker before Tobey Maguire was cast. Yes, he was. Uh, different movie. Oh yeah, very. Because I think DiCaprio was the one that um that uh, oh my gosh freaking that James um oh my gosh the director uh, James uh, Cameron Cameron yeah yes DiCaprio was the one that Cameron won. So that means that DiCaprio would have been having sex at the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. Ah, I just think it's funny that his best friend is the one that got the role too. Uh, but I do think right choice because of the movie he made uh, that year was Catch Me If You Can, and I think that's one of Leo's best movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, good choice by Leo. Number twelve, Kate Hudson and Tara Reid were considered for the role of Mary Jane. Yeah, uh, I think we're fine where we were. I don't know what you I guys think. think. I- I think Jamie, I think Jamie King and Elizabeth Banks was too. And I think they gave her um, the the Betty Brant one as a consolation prize. Do you like her as Betty? Eh, she's all right. It's yeah. Not, it's not, it's nothing, nothing crazy. It's, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with, I think we ended up fine where we were. Uh, now for the last four, Green Goblin, William Defoe, obviously. Here, who was offered the role? Nicolas Cage. Yes. John Malkovich, <laughs> Bill Paxson, Mel Gibson, John Travolta, Brad Dorff, and Robert De Niro. The role was actually originally intended to play by Billy Crudup. Whoa. Um, I kind of. So, I would like De Niro's. I think Cage still wasn't Crazy Cage just yet. I think we're getting there, but right. we weren't fully there. Today? Yeah, give me that. Um, but <laughs> I think I th- Nicholas Cage became Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I would have probably like Crudup or De Niro. Uh, number fourteen, <laughs> uh, your favorite, favorite, favorite actor, Topher Grace, and Frankie Munoz were also considered for the role of Peter Parker. Oh, and, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, Cliff Robertson, who plays Uncle Ben, previously appeared as Shame, a gunfighter villain, on. Batman 66. Oh, right oh shoot. And then finally, um, the film's climax is also based on the Amazing Spider-Man 121, the night Gwen Stacy died. They just obviously yeah. changed up a little bit of it. So yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. that that's pretty much everything I got. I think we really deep dive it into the into this movie. Uh one of the most important comic book movies of all time. Pretty mm-hmm. much 
brought the comic book movie back after my beloved Batman and Robin destroyed it. Um, oh, I know that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> it does. At least I keep I keep myself honest with with that with that movie. Um, but yeah, that wraps everything up for this week. Uh, next week, real quick. Yes, go ahead. I did a quick Google. I take back my valley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any reason why, Ryan? <laughs> I don't support that shit. Okay. Just any did anyone you want to add before we go? I'll just go with you guys. Alright, great. Alright, so that wraps up everything for this week. Next week, uh tomorrow day weekend, uh we are going to look at the thirty fifth anniversary of one of Stanley Kubrick's best films, Full Metal Jacket. I can't wait. Until then, see you at the movies, kids. Thank you.